Oh shit, welcome back. You uh, stumbled upon another episode of D2B2 Sports. That's pretty cool. I uh, hope you guys get to dig what we're laying down today. This is the first time Nick and I got to go live. We got to drop something on a day, and we're releasing it the same day. We recorded this joint like two hours ago. Max, like an hour ago. Anyway, get on down with the episode. Get on down with the fantasy footballs. Get on down. It's football season, baby. There's nothing fucking better than that. D2B2 Sports is a go! Nick. Yes? Hello there, sir. How are you? Dude, I am good, man. We're uh, I'm pumped. It's a take two. The only thing that I'm gonna miss about take one is the threat of throwing a triple decker sandwich at you. That was the best part about it. Yeah, that was a strong part of take one for sure, and it's a delicious sounding part of take I know. one. Uh, we'll get something in there. Oh, we'll we'll make it happen. But Heidi Ho World is D two B two Sports. I am Derek Weber. Derek. Derek. Sitting here, as always, with my very dear pal, Mr. Nicky Sager. Hey, Nicky, cover Winkler in bees. Happy Friday, geez. Dude, happy Friday. I am fucking pumped. First NFL Friday. First NFL Friday, and first time that we get to turn an episode around same day. No more of this backlogging. Well, we're going to keep backlogging for our silly, mo- for our Monday shenanigans. No more of this. Actually, we're going to keep doing <laughs> We're going to keep doing that too. But <laughs> I'm really excited that we now get to drop fresh hotness day of on some people. This it's is Friday morning, and we're going to talk about this weekend's NFL action and put it out to the people this Friday afternoon. Crisp, right out of the oven hotness. Fresh baked, if you will. I will, as a matter of fact. This is ironic because I was just reading a Domino's pizza box. I don't. Is that the whole story? Looking, that's it. That's you. You read a pizza box. Keep recently. going. I, I thought for sure there was like I was letting you go. I was like, "There's more of a story no, here. What's on the box? What's Nothing. in the box? Well, no. What was in the box? But with there pizza? was a uh, <laughs> there was a line in the box that after uh, three years of practice, they finally had perfected their handmade pan pizza recipe, which it's a quality recipe. It's a decent pan pizza. It's a decent pan. I have a hard time believing that three years of work went into this. I do as well. I feel that way additionally, Uh, but I respect it. And that furthermore, if they took three years to perfect their pan, we're about a year and a half into practicing this shenaniganry. So we're like halfway there. Twice as fast is another way of looking at it. Maybe we're already there. We we double speeded the Domino's pan pizza. (laughs) Twice, double tempoed, double sped. We doubled them up. Fuck it. Who double, cares? double crispied. We, uh, we, you know, what? we gave them my D two of the day. We double dipped them. Oh, there it is. There's we got my D two of the day, the old double dip, as we sit here and we're gonna double dip topics on them today as well. That's another reason the D two double dip of the day. The Ooh, one and the two. I like Fridays. We're gonna do our Friday five. That's right. Break down the Friday five for us. The Friday five consists of. Three straight-up lines or over-under bets, single games, one 
player prop, and one fun parlay. Five bets. Three straight up, one player prop, one parlay. That's probably going to get a little bit on the squirrely side, I would presume. Uh, that presumption's fair, sir. Uh, it's definitely... I've got... So my parlay is actually a two-chunker. I've got the small version and the large version of two my parlay chunk. today. The old double chunker. Yeah, there's like the digestible chunk that actually has like a reasonable chance of landing. And, an, <laughs> and then a much larger chunk that's like, oh man, I doubt it really works out. But this one comes shit, with, would it be cool? This comes with Tums, but I could feel really good if this goes down the right way. That's right. There's got to be like a that's what she said in there somewhere somewhere crammed in there that's what she said or title of your sex tape one of those you, you should know. have gone like a chunky creamy hybrid that could be like the new era of peanut butter see for me i just want straight up smooth ass creamy peanut why don't they butter make myself. like a, i don't need the chunks why don't they make the hybrid there should be like a like a semi chunky yeah like like the yeah, not like full scale size right? nuts in there, just like little bitty ones. Yeah, just semi, semi. I mean, they make semi sweet chocolate chips that are just sweet as fuck. I don't know why they're called semi sweet. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we should write the people at Jiffy. Jif? Also, Jiff. Is it? Oh yeah, it's just Jiff. You... <laughs> Jiffy's the Jiffy's like a, like an auto yeah, lube yeah. company. You yeah, want to write yeah. them about the peanut butter? That would actually we should do it anyway. Yeah, we should. Yeah, and then um, publish the letter. And if we get a response, also publish that. Definitely publish that. Also, Jif or Jiffy, if you're listening and want to throw some ad opportunities our way, yeah. we're here for you. We'll talk about your lubrication or peanut oh. butter, depending which company you are. Although I might not advocate a, a semi-chunky oil change. <laughs> yeah, I we cannot advocate you want against as that as enough. Possible. Smooth as oil. possible on the oil change. Nothing crunchy. Yeah, if there's something crunchy going on with your oil change. Get it redone. Flush that whole motherfucker down and redo that shit. What else, what else are we talking about today? What's segment two? Uh, segment two, we're going to get into our DFS of the day. Where we've, we've each built one, and we're going to talk about the values on the guys we like within those, and possibly some other values on some other guys we like. Maybe even talk a little bit about strategy in DFS and the way we like to build when we do DFS. But we'll see when we get there. You know, no promises. Just uh, that's the hypothesis of how that section will go down. These are entries into the the Millie Maker, the Millionaire contest. On uh, on we use DraftKings for the purpose of this particular segment. Um, I only bring that up because I think that our strategies could be a little bit different if you're playing head-to-head matchups, groups of ten. This is hundreds of thousands of people where you are really going for the gusto, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, when one goes for the gusto, one has to really season it up proper. That's, and that's part of what we're going to talk about here also. It sounds more like what you have to do when you go for the pesto. Mm, I think season I was mixing those up. up. Gusto pesto and pesto, pesto. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, you know, I mix that up all the time. Gusto sounds delicious, though. Again, it's better to mix up gusto and pesto than jiff and jiffy, because you don't want your engine running on super creamy peanut butter. Yeah, and I don't want my sandwich covered in... 10W40 and jelly. Yeah, yep. Speaking of sandwiches, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we're we on take two right here. We like to share our little hurdles and mistakes with you as an audience. Transparency, I believe, is everything. I, uh, I, I did not convert the button to the proper microphones when we recorded the first 15 minutes earlier. And... Uh, so we were just recording into my laptop rather than through these microphones that we have here. So it's a full redo. We're here in redo mode. And there was part of 
the take one that I really wanted to port into take two here, which was the sandwich approach with these bets. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to lead this up because I don't know if it, made, if it really made sense. Oh, it makes no sense, which is why I like it Let's so much. Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to stick with it. So... Uh, <laughs> as we uh, as we name these five bets here, we're gonna layer. We'll label which ones are. There's gonna be two bets that are the bread, one bet that is the meat, one bet that is the cheese, and one bet that is a condiment. And we're gonna build a sandwich out of these bets. So uh, a <laughs> little more loose form than the first time around. We're gonna. This leaves you with some wiggle room. You cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, I cleaned it up. Thank you. Yeah. See, we learned from take one. That's, that's the mark of growth right there. When you make a mistake and you learn from that shit. And you make a different mistake within the initial mistake. <laughs> and you learn from both. That's called mistake inception. A mistake within a mistake. Yeah. That's right. I like you get, you're, you're so savvy. I like where you're going. Here. Big Nick's big savvy over here. Without let's, further ado, let's talk about some of these bats, man. Let's dive let's right in. right up into the shit. It's Friday. And we're freaking pumped up, man. Um, you know, we should toss a, we should toss something, a coin or a lighter or, uh, that, oh, sticky pad. Sticky pad. Sticky, we, uh. Are you notes or no notes? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to call the side that's most like me as a person. No notes. Solid. Yeah. I'm a no notes person. You're up. Ooh, all right. I'm making my first call here. So this is going to be one of my pieces of bread, foundationally speaking, on the bet sandwich here. And it is the Dolphins Patriots. Under 46. Ah. Uh, it's balls, 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 balls hot in Miami right now, uh, which is actually going to be my B2 of the week. Balls, balls hot. <laughs> my B2 of the week. Uh, yeah, balls, balls hot down there. Um, the you know pa- the, the Patriots have been there since, like, Tuesday? Yeah, Belichick went down a few days early to try to acclimate the team with the heat, which uh, I respect the thought process behind that. But I don't think it'll help that much. The Patriots are like something along the lines of three and nine the last twelve years in Miami. They do not play well down there, and obviously those type of stats don't really translate that well in the, in the game, just because teams turn over so fast. That obviously there's a different roster than the Patriots teams that were going to Miami three years ago. I think the angle that you're playing of weather having an impact does maintain. Yeah. I think there's some value to I that. I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring affair in total. I think it comes reasonably close to that 46, but I think it stays under. The heat gets the best of both teams to a scale. It's like the, the heat index is like 110 there. Patriots rank dark blue jerseys as well. Whew. Did you also I don't know, know how relevant that did is. Did you also know the way the Miami Stadium is built? There's like shade that covers the Miami bench, and while the of the away bench is like baking in the sun. Nice. The way they built that stadium. I like that. That's um, that's some pretty savvy stadium design. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, uh, I found that out on a, a different podcast the other day, and I was cracking up. I'm like, that's a fucking architect who really likes his Miami Dolphins. But yeah, that's my that's my first that is my bottom piece of bread bet here. As in, I feel it pretty sturdy about it. It's not sexy or flashy, but it's going to hold the other toppings of the sandwich together nicely. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll follow the same format, right? I'll give, you, I'll give you what I would consider to be the foundation of the sandwich theory. Nice. Yeah, sand, oh, hashtag sandwich theory. <laughs> 
Um, as I was mentioning to you off air, Dees, this is this is probably the squarest of all square plays. This is what everybody, man, woman, child, sandwich, if sandwiches could bet, they would be on this. Is going to be on this week, and I usually try to stay away from games like that because you know I, I just pretty strongly have the mentality that if something looks like it's too easy on an on sheet, it it probably is, right? I mean, there's a reason Vegas makes money doing this kind of thing. It's because generally, as a consumer, we are not smart. We're not good at this, collectively speaking, of the whole betting populace. That is what makes it profitable for companies to be betting companies. Yes, <laughs> that's, that, that is the way this works. They, they depend on a whole lot of losing. That being said, of all the squareness that I think is going to be on this, I, I can't find a way to not agree. I think everything is too easy. And I'm going uh, Ravens minus seven, Baltimore Ravens. That's the foundation of the sandwich. That's a good foundational piece. Uh, tell them what, tell them the one word that you had written on your notes about this. I have, I have a couple different notes that I have written down. One of them just says Joe Flacco and nothing else. Yeah, I don't, nothing else needs to be said about it. That's it. I just wrote, I, and, and I didn't even like consider it. I just wrote down Joe Flacco and then I went to like much longer in detail notes. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that covers the, that's the whole note about that. The yeah. New York Jets this week and for the next few weeks seemingly are going to have to rely on one Joe Flacco to start football games for them. Simply for, for some production value. If you guys want to get a little bit more out of this, I, I will add to the fact that I, uh, I watched the Jets' final preseason game that Joe Flacco started, and uh, he, he managed to only put up three points against the Giants' second-string defense. Yeah, no first-stringers playing for that Giants' defense that day. Just a bunch of second-stringers from a bad football team managing to hold Joe Flacco to three points and get a pick six off him. The same second-string defense actually scored six points. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was going to go there. Yeah. So, so Joe Flacco lost by three. three. To a, a backup defense. Yeah. Uh, which... Clearly, nowhere near as talented as the secondary that Baltimore has. That should just be swarming the Jets receivers. And, I mean, it's a receiving core that I'm a fan of. I think they're young. I think they're talented. But I, it, this is not going to be the week for them, right? Indeed. Uh, Baltimore gets back so many players. This team was absolutely ravaged by injuries last year. Uh, getting a lot of these guys back, namely Ronnie Stanley on the offensive line, that's going to be a huge addition. And on top of that, listen, John Harbaugh, is, he's one of those coaches that's great when he has time to prepare, right? John Harbaugh is 10-4 against the spread in week one in his career. The Ravens failed to cover in week one last year, but that was the first time they haven't covered in week one since t- 2015. That's a good run. So, I mean, you have a substantially more talented defense, substantially more talented offense, Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh. I mean, I don't know how this game isn't just a – a total blowout. Yeah. Smash the doors right off them. I wholeheartedly agree. Ravens by a pretty substantial number. This is one of those that like, I would, even I consider, already know what you're going to say. This is one of those that I would even consider like dragging to like nine, 13, nine, like nine, nine. I think I would stop at like nine and a half. That I way thought I you could, were, that way I could get the 10 point win in and, and win. I like, knew you were going to say this, and I thought you were going to go higher. I thought you were going to go No, well, I'm, I'm a crazy person, but, I, you know, it's week one. I'm not going to go that crazy week one. But I, your boy does like to drag a spread every now and then. I might entertain this idea. It seems fun. I think I'm going to do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it before Sunday. I'm going to drag it to, like, nine and a half. 
get myself a little extra I think if you're going to do that, you should do it now because it might just be nine and a half by Sunday. Yeah, I'll do it after we record. I mean, honestly, right? Like, No, you make a good point. Nothing is going to happen that's going to bring this line down. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I'm going to do it after we finish this recording because I'm a responsible host and I'm here to talk to you people first and foremost. I don't need to bet live on the air. True dedication. Dedication, man. I'm out here. For the record, I'm actually playing online poker as we record right now. Nice little little double little double dip. That's not true. I'm lying, but it'd be entertaining. <laughs> that would be entertaining, and I got to use my D two again. So you know, <laughs> I double dipped on my D two. Hit me again. Leg two sandwich. Leg two. All right. So let's give him. I'm gonna give him my other piece of bread. Okay. For let's. Uh, I want the vessel to be secure, <laughs> and the vessel is going to be secure with Packers minus one and a half over the Vikings. I almost went with this. It's it feels low to me. I feel like the Packers are overall much better than the Vikings. Uh, I know it's at Minnesota, but even so, I uh, I feel pretty confident the Packers win by at least a field goal. So minus one and a half felt pretty gimme to me. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the kind of quarterback that doesn't really care about playing on the road. No, right? not at all. I think particularly for him, but also I, I just generally feel that. No, Rodgers is a phenomenal regular season quarterback anywhere you put him. It's playoffs that he chokes. It's not about the road or the home. It's just playoffs. I think home field advantage is, is much more important for young quarterbacks. I think it gradually becomes less and less important the more of a veteran you become. Yeah. Does that make sense? For sure. And I think Rodgers takes – Rodgers even – I would even go as far to say as he's one of those guys that really loves – waxing people on the road like he had that whole rant about how he literally owns the bears last year oh that was incredible which was like my favorite thing rogers has ever done as a human it was hilarious and yeah i think he i think rogers takes pride in particularly against the lions vikings and bears just owning his division rivals in their own stadiums so yeah i i think packers win big but certainly win by three at minimum so this one and a half felt like a gimme to me one and a half is too small. I think it's a rapid reaction to Devontae Adams not being there. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a career of making – well, it's a career of making careers out of seemingly less talented receivers than yeah. what you would maybe see them produce with other quarterbacks. I mean, like how good is Jordy Nelson if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers? Agreed. How good is Randall Cobb if he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, right? Agreed. So why can't – I don't know. Why can't he turn Alan Lazard into a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver? We're going to find out, and I think he can't, even if it's not – yeah, it might not even be Lazard. It might be one of the deeper cut guys that we're not even talking about. Dubs. You know? Dubs. Oh, yeah. Dubs. Dubs. No one knows how to say this guy's name. I, I don't know either. I, I hear know. Dubs. I hear Dubs. I hear Dobbs. I'm going with Dubs because I like weed a lot, and that's a, and it makes me – Salad. Dubs is a weed reference sort of. So I'm, I'm going with, with Dubs. Dubs because I want to throw some 20s on my car. Mm, throw some Dubs on that bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. That's a good call. Uh, he'll, be du- he'll be Dubs. I'll be Dubs. Packers much better defense as well. Yes. Like, yeah. Without question. Yep. Maybe top two in the NFC. Um, Snap. Are you at all concerned? This, this is what ultimately turned me off of this bet is, are you worried about after Aaron Rodgers has been dabbling in ayahuasca this offseason that he might just see Minnesota as being actual Vikings on the field, like wielding axes with amazing mustaches? See, I think the ayahuasca would just make him want to conquer those Vikings even more. Like, I think if he's well, having visions like that... So are you just, worried about him showing up with an axe himself, then? No, I think they win by even more of Aaron Rodgers. That's a good to have point. An axe. Yeah. 
That's a valid point. Yeah, like if uh, if Aaron Rodgers is out there with an axe, then put the whole league on notice because they're coming for that ass. Is there any other guy in the NFL that can get away with just openly talking about ayahuasca trips? <laughs> I think Brady could if he ever like, because I think people would just be so perplexed that all of a sudden Brady was talking about ayahuasca that it just would fly past like this as well. But no, it's Rodgers and Brady are the two that can get away. Brady with would this. have a tough time with this this current segment we're doing based on the fact that he does not eat bread. Yeah, Brady would not want to be assigned to a piece of bread at all. Or yeah, struggles for Brady across the board on this one. Not his not his thing, not his cup of tea. But kudos <laughs> to Rodgers for the uh, ayahuasca explore, exploration. I I love the honesty about it too. Just like, yeah, so I did some ayahuasca and I uh, really found myself bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah, sweet man. All right, that's uh, that's my other piece of bread though feel like my sandwich has a nice sturdy outer shell right now all right i've got another <laughs> i've got another slice for you here there's going to be a theme to the the three bets that i'm putting out this week that i didn't even realize followed this theme until we started talking about sandwiches iron i don't know how that that got me to recognize this theme but my theme is all about uh personnel changes and i think personnel changes that the general public is valuing Incorrectly. Love it. So I think that the wrong team is favored in this game, believe it or not, which is why I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars plus two and a half at the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Jags. Jags, baby. Um, My, they're not that bad. Team of the year. <laughs> that is, uh, that's my, I'm, I'm calling the Jags my, they're not that bad team of the year. There's obviously no question that Trevor Lawrence's rookie year was a little bit of a disappointment. Well, as we've talked about in previous installments, he had a bad case of the urbanitis. Yeah. That is a devastating condition. Actually, that was just on the D2B2 2022 hot takes episode we just dropped a couple days ago. The urbanitis that. is real. The urbanitis was real and and it was vicious. Like that was a mean case of the urbanitis. Like that shit presents like shingles. You get it and you're just like, "Fuck. I got the I got the itis. Bad case of the itis." But it's a new year. It's a new day. He's got his buddy Travis Etienne back in the fold after a bad injury last year. Travis Etienne back, Christian Kirk, uh, one of the worst wide receiver free agent contracts ever given out by anybody in the history of football, but I think it'll be good for Travis Etienne. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson, I don't know that I think Doug Peterson is the best coach in the world, but if you're going to tell me he's not levels better than Urban Meyer, we're going to drastically disagree. And like the Jags, he's not that bad. Yeah, well said. Like, everything on the Jags is just like, none of it's that bad. It's all kind of okay. Very well said. But I think he's offensively creative, and I think he's a good guy to give to a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, who's immensely talented, but just needs someone to help him put it together, even if it's only just correcting the itis. Yeah, no, just a little little cure on the itis, little, some, some Benadryl, some Kleenex, a little Vicks Vapor Rub on the chest, some nice uh, little bedtime stories. <laughs> Should be a great matchup for Christian Kirk. Uh, the Redskins really, really bad at topping number one receivers last year. Also not going to have Chase Young. Uh, the commanders, Young. sir? The football team. Football team? 
Chase Young is not going to suit up for this game. Uh, it's a team that already had a poor pressure rate to begin with. And, I mean, listen, how much stock can you really put in Carson Wentz? Right? This is what it comes down to. I think the Redskins are favored by two and a half points because they got Carson Wentz instead of Taylor Heineke. And I don't even know if he's better. I'm pretty confident that at most it's a lateral move. I mean, I think he's clearly prone to making mistakes, right? And I don't think that the Reds' uh, commanders are going to have an easy time running the football. I mean, the Jaguars have a good defensive front. They were slightly above middle of the pack against the run last year. And the, the football team's best running back just got shot. So you can throw that out there, too. Yeah, always a tough break when your uh, best running back gets shot. Tough break it's indeed. Not, it's, not co- <laughs> it's not conducive to covering a spread. Not so conducive. But that is a, that's a good piece of bread, buddy. This is where I am. Jags. Jags. Two and a half. Give me the points. Not that bad. I, I would not be unhappy if I got three by kickoff, which I don't think mm-hmm. is terribly far-fetched. You know, your boy thinks the Jags win seven games this year. I think the Jags win. I think the Jags also win seven I'm, games. I'm this on year. the seven and ten Jags this more. year. I, I could even see more, but I'm calling. A, I'm going with seven and ten as my Jags call this year. Oh, Washington! I forgot about this. Washington also second worst home field advantage in the NFL, behind the Giants. Since in, since break. since 2010, in terms of record against the spread, the uh, Giants are the the worst home team in the NFL. Tough break, homie. Hmm. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give you my cheese at this point of the sandwich. All right, my cheese, and that cheese is. Baker Mayfield to go over 217.5 in total yards and over one and a half touchdowns as a parlay for my prop bet. The prop parlay. I love the fact that you can you can parlay props for the same player. Now. Yeah, it's awesome. It's unbelievable. It's awesome. It's killer. Never have been able to do this five years ago. No. It's tremendous the way that uh, yeah, it's like plus two, sports betting plus has 220 advanced. or so to get pretty low numbers in both those categories for Baker. Yeah. Like, even if they lose, those are very attainable numbers. Well, it's a creative way to do this because, I mean, I don't know. Like, what is the game script where Baker Mayfield throws two touchdowns and not 217 yards? Like, a, is it just McCaffrey, a bunch of dink and dumps to McCaffrey, McCaffrey going like up and down the field and then Baker throwing to whatever god awful tight end? Yeah. Like, I mean, that just doesn't seem like it's a feasible. Yeah, it's like a combo of a bunch game. of like five yard passes to McCaffrey in tight ends and a bunch of McCaffrey running the ball, I guess. But, like, yeah, I'm a. I think Baker. Well, that part take... actually probably isn't that far fetched. I could see McCaffrey having like 13 catches for 61 yards. Yeah. Yeah, that plays. Baller day for McCaffrey. But, yeah, I. Uh, as partially, as a small part influenced by the Baker Mayfield revenge game thing. Yeah. But it's not as much about the revenge game for me as it's more about Baker Mayfield two years ago looked like a very good starting quarterback. Not near the elite tier. Like he's not, I never thought for a second he was going to become one of like the top guys in the league. However, two years ago, before all those injuries piled up last year, he looked like a, that should definitely be a starting quarterback in the NFL type of guy. And I even agree. one that on a good roster could win you some real games and even win you some playoff games potentially. I agree. And so he lands in this Carolina situation where he's got one of the best running backs in the game, if CJ's healthy, where he's got some decent receivers, young and raw, 
but some decent talent on the outside overall. And uh, he's gonna. This situation, I think, is gonna be pretty fun. I'm uh, I'm excited. I think the Panthers are gonna be like a little bit behind the Saints in in the NFC South. There, kind of the two of them will be behind the Buccaneers, obviously, but they're gonna be in the picture. They'll be come week twelve. The Panthers will be in that in the hunt graphic. They're gonna be dancing around the playoff picture. Don't think they'll be in it, but I think they'll just be in the hunt. The all in the season. hunt, yeah, yeah they're gonna, <laughs> I know exactly what you're. Yeah, referring yeah, they're going to gonna yeah. stay in the in the hunt graphic all season. Yeah, like maybe like one time in week nine, they'll be like the seven seed of the NFC for a week, but like they'll ultimately be in the hunt all season. It's the third tier, it's like the division leaders wild card in the hunt. Yeah, yeah, that tier exactly. Which is a pretty good place for them. But yeah, I I like Baker to have a little bounce back season. I think this is a good spot for him to do it. And uh, it's week one. Those are just low numbers to me. Two seventeen and a half and one and a half. I'm in. All right. Well, I'm coming at you. I gotta. I hate to do this, DDS, but I gotta. I gotta poke some holes. I gotta Swiss that cheese up a little bit. Oh, don't Swiss my Gouda. You're, you're about to get Swissed. Oh shit. Uh, because my, I suppose the 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 substance, the meat of my sandwich. This is what I consider to be the best bet of the week. This would be my my three star, my gold medal. Next lock of the week is going to be the uh, the Browns plus one and a half. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So again, I mean, it's just like I was saying before. This this hinges on uh, on transition, and I think that this line is not. I don't think this is a very sharp line, and I think that the reason it's not is because I think people are overvaluing the Darnold to Mayfield upgrade, and I think that people are over exaggerating the transition from Deshaun Watson to Jacoby Brissett. I think there's no question Deshaun Watson is immensely more talented and more capable of putting up good numbers. But I think that just people are not willing to recognize the fact that Jacoby Brissett is certainly a good game manager. And this team, a team that has two Pro Bowl caliber running backs, a fantastic offensive line, and a good defense, can get by with a game manager style quarterback. I think that there's a reason that other he hasn't been successful on different teams, and it's because those teams didn't have what the Browns have, right? I do like Baker Mayfield, probably maybe not as much as you, but I'm not willing to deny the fact that he's a tremendous upgrade over Sam Darnold. But we're still talking about a Panthers offensive line that gave up 53 sacks last year. That's a shitload of sacks. And hasn't really done a whole lot to address it, at least not immediately, right? I know, I know they took Iki Akanwu with their first draft pick. Uh, Hang think, on, I want to pause on the name Iki Akanwu. Iki, Iki, Ikem, I believe is his given name. It goes by Iki. Iki Akanwu. I think it's Akanwu. Akanwu. This is another name that everybody was pronouncing differently as the draft process went on. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Like, there's like a little bit of a Brett Favre issue at place where like his name is spelled f-a-v-r-e but it's Favre for some reason but everyone called him favor for the first two years of his career yeah, that's like uh Dwayne wade the d wayne yeah but no I, i'm sorry i had to pause on the name icky akonwu because that's an iconic name I yeah fucking this like game, that so his lot. name is is spelled akwanu it's e-k-w-o-n-u but a lot of people during the draft were pronouncing it akonwu so i don't know We'll find out. We'll ask him. We'll get him on the show. Yeah. Icky. See what he says. Icky, if you're listening, we'd love to have you. 
Don't even talk to your agent about it. Just come on the show. Yeah. I imagine. We don't want to talk to your agent. Just, just hop on. You can live stream. Yeah. Give us two minutes. Give us five minutes. You know, do us whatever feels right for you, Icky. So my main man, Icky, welcome to the NFL. Here's week one. You got Miles Garrett lining up across from you. Oh, great. That's. Ouch. Perfect. Oh, and by the way, there's Jadavion Clowney is on the other side of the defensive line for against an offense that gave up 53 sacks last year. I, I just don't know how. I don't know how the Browns don't just generally dominate the flow of this game when I think they have a much better rushing attack, better offensive line, better defensive line, and the ability to keep the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands. Which, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like keeping the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Like, it's not that much risk. I think that the Browns are better in basically every aspect of the game, except quarterback. It's also worth noting, it seems like the sports books don't even know why the Browns are underdogs, because they made them minus 110 money line, which is like standard juice, which just indicates that the game should be a pick'em. Yeah. So. Wild. Like, why... Why are they getting one and a half points when the money line is just minus 110? That is interesting. Yeah, that's, that's definitely Vegas tipping their hand a little bit in terms of what they think the value on this game should be. I don't think I've ever seen what betters have poured into it. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's really bizarre. That's very bizarre. But yeah, it shows that the, the betters are heavily skewing into the vengeance game narrative. And they're like, um, we don't want to tip this more favorably towards the Browns because we're pretty confident the Browns are doing the thing. Yeah. That's what that says to me. All right, so that's your meat. But again, there's, there's a world where your meat and my cheese both line up. It's doable. It can happen. Like, that. the other reason I loved these numbers because they're both just so low. One and a half touchdowns, 217 and a half yards, both so attainable, even in a loss. So... 217 they, is very low because even if the Browns If they're do, losing, that just means Baker's throwing the ball more, which is good for my bet there. Well, that's what I was going to say. If the Browns are dominating time of possession, I mean, Baker could throw for 100 yards in the fourth quarter. Right. It's very, very doable. Indeed, sir. All right. So I have bread and sauce left to put on my sandwich. <laughs> or no, not bread. I'm sorry. Meat and sauce. Yeah. I've got meat and sauce left for my sandwich. I'll go ahead and hit him with the sauce next. Um, which the sauce is actually going to be my two-chunk parlay. No, I'll save that for last. Let's do the meat. Okay. Let's do, let's do the meat. I'm going to meat it up. My meat of my sandwich is just draped in my own personal biases and my homerism, <laughs> but I can't stay away from it. For some reason, the Lions money line over the Eagles just was so enticing I don't remember what the exact price point on it was, but it was pretty. It was a pretty decent return. I look it up right now. I would. I would anticipate it's around one seventy. That sounds close to right. I did not write it down like I should have, but one eighty. Ooh, nice. Good plus one eighty. Well, good call. Nice, 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 nice. Well, here's my deal. I I think the Eagles get a little more love than I think they really deserve this season. I do think that's uh, I do think they're a better team than the Lions. First off, I do believe that to be true. But weird things like this happen to start the season out every year. Some team, some team that is 
has lots of juice behind him, lots of people predicting them for deep playoff runs and things like that, goes down to some young up-and-coming whippersnapper of a team like the Detroit Lions. Remember, the Packers got throttled by the Saints last year. They did. And Jameis Winston threw, like, four touchdowns in the, the first half. Fuck yeah, Jameis. I think Jameis balls for the Saints this year. I'm really, exci- I'm really excited. Like not like not like insane balls, but I th- I think Jameis has a sweet year. But anyway, there's, there's a really absurd clip that I just saw the other day of Jameis Winston. Like it's like he's describing the the human body, and he's talking about how the human body is so symmetrical. He's like, look at these. You got two wrists. Then what are your wrists on the bottom? Ankles. He's like, I've got shoulders. Then I've got my bottom shoulders. Those are my hips. <laughs> think about this right here. Elbows. I got two elbows. There's my knees, my elbows down on the bottom. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. I don't even know. Like the, the problem is that all I saw was this clip, so I don't have any idea. This is like in a press conference. Like I don't know what led up. What was the press what, was, what was the question that led up to this? It this sounds rant. like he was like a guest on Sesame Street and was like talking <laughs> about anatomy. Like Elmo was like, "What's your body like?" Oh. And J- <laughs> I'll tell you, Elmo. I'll tell you, Elmo. Look at these elbows I got here. <laughs> That's what that sounds like to me. I've got ten toes. Those are my crab legs. <laughs> See my fingers? Got those on my feet, too. This I was so weird. We'll have to find the clip. Just yeah. plug a little bit of the clip. Well, well, well I'll, I'll cram a little bit of that clip in there, because <laughs> that does sound hilarious. But, yeah, I, I like the Lions to pull off the week one upset. Might be drinking that Hard Knocks Kool-Aid. That Honolulu blue might be coursing through my veins too much, but I like it. It's a fun one to play with. And I can I can play that game. Um, it, the meat might be expired. I might have picked some bad meat to stuff in there. You could be building a. This could be a bologna sandwich. Yeah, yeah. This could be a bologna sandwich for yeah. sure, and not like the good kind with like fried hard bologna, just like cold ass. Fried out the, hard. Out, yeah, fried bologna's bomb, but cold ass bologna, not my game anymore. Even if it has a first name. Yeah, uh, even if it has a first name, even if that name is highly spellable yeah. in the form of a jingle. I think the problem is that your baloney has a last name, and it's Goff. Oof, that is a, that's a distinct problem, for sure. Uh, the last name Goff, 100% a problem with my baloney. I don't think the Lions are a bad play. I think basically what you need to happen is you need Jalen Hurts to make a couple mistakes. I think if Jalen Hurts makes a couple mistakes, I think that's, that's the path to winning this game yep. for the Lions. And Jalen Hurts makes those. But I don't think it's unfeasible. I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts be making those mistakes. I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. And as everyone knows here on oh. ETB2 Sports, the whole state of Pennsylvania can kick rocks. So that's, there's also some bias here of just saying suck it, Pennsylvania. <laughs> but that's all. Uh, oh, that reminds me. I uh, At some point in the near future, I have our first listener voicemail to play on an episode uh, our listener Adam out there, I'll, if I can figure out how to play it into today's episode, I'll add it in. But if not, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it on an episode soon. Had some thoughts about our uh, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia thoughts. I'm already intrigued. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Well, we'll get that in the show soon. But hit me with your uh, with your next piece of sandwich. I guess I'll go. I'll go cheesy for you also. You might need to help me come up with what kind of cheese this is, which I think you're allowed to do because I already changed yours from Gouda to Swiss That's true. when I blasted holes into it. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling particularly uncreative right now. I just don't know. 
how to get there. So you're, you're in, ooh, I think I just figured it out. He figured it I out, talked folks. my way through talked it. Talked his way through it. Sometimes you just got to start a sentence without knowing where it's going to go and let the sentence guide you. This is uh, my player prop. It, it, it fits along with my Jags take, but it's going to be, I like this a ton, man. It's going to be uh, Travis Etienne over 21 and a half receiving yards. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Over 21 and a half receiving yards. It, uh, I think you're going to see Travis Etienne legitimately line up in the slot at times this year. I think you're going to see Aaron Jones do that as well. I think you might see that becoming much more norm for running backs in the next five years than we've ever seen in the past. Um, 21 and a half for a guy that the last time he played college football, well, last time he played any football with Trevor Lawrence, he had more receiving yards than any other running back in college football. Guy's got a ton of breakaway speed. He's got ability to mix tackles. I think the concern here is maybe usage because no one is, no one seems to figure out what's going to happen with James Robinson. No one seems to know how involved he's going to be, how involved ETN is going to be. But I can tell you that James Robinson is barely eight months removed from a torn Achilles. If he does have a substantial role in this offense, it's not going to be week one. Yeah, I agree. I love ETN this season across the board, so that certainly plays into my thoughts on ETN entirely. I, I think he has a great season start to finish. As much as I love Christian Kirk, there's not a ton of other great offensive receiving weapons on the Jaguars. I mean, Evan Ingram is the, the, the next best, right? Marvin Jones? Motherfucker Jones? So I think there's plenty of a path to see Travis Etienne. What, I mean, what does he need to catch? Three passes to get 21, 22 yards? That yeah. seems ridiculously doable, right? He could do that in one sweet screen pass. I know. Love That's that. It. Oh, for the record, um, Etienne just sounds like an incredibly French name, so that's got to be Brie. That's, that's, that, was what, that was what you that's convinced what I yourself of? Yeah. The, the cheese type? Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I think I agree with Travis Etienne being a, a Brie. So a Brie-Tienne, if Brie, you will. brie I will. Yeah. yeah. Britian. Very good. Very good. We're on to par- my parlay. The meat. It's time. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I decided this was the sauce. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, this is the sauce. What kind of sauce? So, well, it actually, so uh, I just changed it to the sauce because it's, in fact, two different sauces. So, because oh. there, there's a three. Peanut butter and oil? There's a three leg. Peanut butter and motor oil? <laughs> That's a little uh, shout out to Take One, who wound up on a very deep tangent where I got confused between Jif, the peanut butter company, and Jiffy, the oil slash lube company. Not a mistake you want to make on your sandwich. You don't want the oil on the sandwich, and you don't want the peanut butter in your engine. Both those are going to go poorly for you. (laughs) But this parlay, I have a three-leg version and an eight-leg version. I've got one of these, too, so I'm just going to come at it with... Whatever you just do your thing, and then I I'll will. do it also. Yeah. Did you ever look up the value of the three leg version for me? I don't think you told me what it. I asked you what it was on the show, and you wouldn't tell me. You were like, oh, "I'll get to it later." Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you can look while I talk about it. It's uh, it's fine. Uh, so the three leg version is the Colts, the Ravens, and the Packers to win their respective divisions. So. The AFC South, the AFC North, and the NFC North. Say that again. Colts, Ravens, Packers. Colts, Ravens, Packers. Okay. 
I think uh, I think there's a reasonable chance this one actually could pay some people. I mean, two of those are favored already to win their division. The Ravens are the second favorite to win the division currently behind the Bengals. And then the expanded version, this is my all eight division winners parlay. <laughs> I actually built a few different versions of it, but this is my favorite version of it. So it's those three teams I mentioned, along with the Buccaneers to win the NFC South, the Bills to win the AFC East, the Eagles to win the NFC East. I love that. The Rams to win the NFC West. And the Chiefs to win the AFC West. That one's another one where uh, that's one of the heavier variances between the few versions of this I've built. Because I've got the Chargers doing it a couple times and the Chiefs doing it a couple times. Love the Chargers coming out of the West this year. But this version has the Chiefs. And that is a <clears throat> 258 to 1 payout if all, if all eight of those division winners really? win it. 258 to 1. Yeah, buddy. 100 bucks gets you almost 26 Gs. Hell to the yeah. I have $1 on it, so I'll be winning my, the 258. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like to build these little $1, $2 parlays. Your initial Ravens, Packers, Colts division winner parlay, plus 590. Fuck yeah, that's a, that's a solid return. Almost 6 to 1. And then, like I said, that's with two of those three being the heavy favorites to win their respective divisions, and then one of those being like a plus 220 or so, plus one eight. It was between like plus 190 and 220 for the Ravens. But yeah, that's my sauce. So the three-leg version... Uh, I'm the, looking at it right now, plus 145. Oh, wow. So that's cha- So I had I got it locked in at so plus So you one, did well. I, yeah, I did well. So I got yours a, would When out. I got it, it was at least plus 190. Yours would be much better. Yeah, love that. Uh, yeah, because I did make the initial base version of that a few weeks ago. So that makes sense that there's been some movement in that regard. I'm surprised it's moved that much in that regard. Does that mean they're now o- favored over the Bengals in that regard? Yes. Wow. Bengals are plus 175. Big change. Wow. The Bengals were the favorite of the two when I was doing that. Anyway. I did one of these a couple of weeks ago as well. And nice. I, I don't remember exactly what I laid on the Ravens, but I'm pretty confident it was more than plus 145 also. Hell yeah. I'm going to try to pull that up. Nice. So the three-leg version, to stick with the sandwich metaphor, the three-leg version is your little more is your little more ordinary fare. <laughs> Some ketchup. It's a classic condiment. Need it for hot dogs. Need it for things. Ketchup. It's the... Popular. Eight- popular sandwich condiment of ketchup. Well, like burgers. It's more, they go yeah. through more ketchup at Jimmy John's than anything else. Oof. Yeah, you got me there. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Stick <laughs> with ketchup anyway. Because I, I eat more burgers than sandwiches anyway. So, <laughs> ketchup. And then <laughs> the, the eight-leg version's even weirder because it's just fancier ketchup, so it's barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> it's just flavored ketchup. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Well, yeah, like I said, it's a fancier version of the other, and that's my parlay. That's a fair. All right, I'll give I'll give that to you. Yeah. I see what you did there. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clear. Nick, what you got left in the tank? I'm over trying to decide. Round, I'm just going to rounding out the sandwich of bets. I might just completely piggyback everything you did. I was going to go with because we've been talking about this a, a lot because I just like it. I find these really appealing, and I know that 
the season is so long, so many things can happen. I mean, all you have to do is have a quarterback get hurt and your whole thing is shot, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's literally all it is. But I think there's some really good value in some of these, and I don't think that they're – I don't think they're as unattainable as they might look in terms of, of payout, right? So I'll do a three. I like having the Colts in there, but I think I want to get just a little bit more sassy. I like more sass. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, you and I are both all over the Ravens this year. I'm going to go Ravens, Chargers, Eagles. Okay, okay. I'm into that. Ravens, Chargers, Eagles, uh, plus 1760. That's a nice. 100 bucks will pay you 1760 bucks. That's a nice three-leg payout. Yeah, all three of those are plus side bets, right? None of those are. No, they're all plus money. Yeah, yep, that's absolutely. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Cowboys are still favored over the Eagles to win the division, or is that no? To, they're just they're, they're both uh, plus money. They're both just plus yeah. money. The Eagles yeah. are plus one thirty. Cowboys are plus one fifty. That was okay. another one that another one I that bet. one's has switched a yeah. handful of weeks ago. Cowboys were favored over Eagles. I did that a while ago too. I like watching. That's that's a fun thing. Uh, for those of you listening right now, obviously it's too late to really be able to monitor it through the summer because it already happened. But next summer, if you think of this, pay attention to what the lines are, uh, which teams are favored to win their divisions in July versus near kickoff. I think you'll notice a pretty strong amount of variance. Like, obviously, your Buccaneers, Colts, Bills, those three are pretty heavy favorites to win their respective divisions. So those ones haven't fluctuated as much because they're still just heavily favored to win their division. As they started out. But it's interesting to watch with some of these divisions with tighter competitive balance. The way these uh, ebb and flow. We should track how much the odds change reflects a team's ability to actually win their division. Like when a lot of money comes in. Like for example, I know that I, know that I bet the Ravens earlier at almost plus 200. I think it was like plus 190. Now they're down to plus 145. Like we should see if the, the the money that came in that caused this change in odds is actually predictive of your chance of winning a division. If there's any correlation there whatsoever. Well, we've got the foundational evidence locked into this recording right now. So this <laughs> is this the this is the base start of that research. And we'll keep our eyes through the season, folks. We'll keep you updated. Week to week as D two B two goes live up on a Friday. Do you want an eight team also? Just for the sake of flow? Yeah, why the fuck not? Give All it right, to so me. So that was my mayo. That was the mayo. Okay. That was my mayo. I'm a, I like mayo. I'm a mayo yeah. guy. You a mayo guy? You're a, you're a Miracle Whip guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a neither guy. I don't oh, really yeah, care yeah, for yeah. mayo or Miracle Whip. I'm a, I'm a mayonnaise dude. Uh, this is going to be a Chipotle mayo. Oh, it's spicy. Yeah, that's it's, right. We'll, yeah. we'll keep it going, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll stick with those three. Ravens, Chargers, Eagles. And then I'm almost going to copy everything else you have. Right? So I'm going to do Rams, Colts. Buccaneers, Bills, and Vikings. You could talk me into the Saints over the Buccaneers, by the way. Nice. Yeah, I, uh... But I'm not going to do it. Uh, that would be, Jesus, God, that's plus 50500 So $100 would pay you fifty k. Oh, baby. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have some 
plenty of not favored teams in there. I can see how that multiplier gets so high. So high. <laughs> Is that yep. where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Yep. That wraps it up. That's our Friday Five. Friday Five. Friday uh, Sandwich Fest. Friday, love a fucking sandwich. What happened? How do we get? Yeah. Because sandwiches are delicious, and they're a perfect they metaphor for many things in life. Agreed. Perfect. Glad you agree with me on sandwiches being a perfect metaphor for many things in life. Sweet. I didn't have it in. I I, I got on you a little bit about the handshaking thing before, so I was just going to let this one roll. Well, that's nice. Perfect metaphor. Perfect metaphor. Flawless, obviously. <laughs> Nice. Well, that leads us to our DFS section. We're going to talk about, uh, we each built a daily fantasy lineup. We both used DraftKings for uh, using comparison prices, uh, being in the same shopping range as each other, essentially. And this is in the $5 entry. Millionaire Maker, $3.5 million pot. Uh, I'm in a different entry than you. I didn't find that one. Wow. That's like a King of the Beach $1.5 million qualifier King weird of thing. the Beach? Yeah, it was like, it was like $1.5 million qualifier, King of the Beach. I, I was like, r- I like beaches. Fuck yeah. All right. I want to wrap my heads around. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. I may have told you the wrong thing. How dare you, sir? So, uh, two th- this is, what are we doing? All right. So, first of all, uh, I did tell you the wrong thing. But I'm also not in a king of the beach. <laughs> this is a $5 entry. It's actually a $5 million DFS. $1 million just to first place. 200000 to second. Saucy. I like yours better than mine. But I do like that I get a crown and get to sit on a beach if I win mine. Those are you don't see like. a lot of kings on beaches. No. I'm going to stick to the castle, generally stick, yeah, 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 which honestly just makes me feel bad for the kings. I like beaches. And everybody at the beach. I would want to hang out with a king. Yeah. Yeah, totes. Although Especially I would it, not want to hang out with former Buccaneers quarterback, Sean King. I don't want to hang out with him. But I would hang out with uh, former Washington Bullet, Bernard King. <laughs> and I would definitely hang out Nick. with... And I would definitely hang out with the puppet man-looking version of the king from Burger King. Oh, that guy can dance. Dude, yeah, that guy boogies. Yeah, that guy gets down. That guy Some fucks. Serious dan- That guy definitely gets down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I had a party with that. Not dude. Uh, just the queen. Yeah, Nick and I often like to talk about people we'd like to go to Vegas with, and the king of Burger King is one I would definitely fucking go to Vegas with. I would party with him. Yeah. What Be do you think the time. king, what's the king's drink of choice? Ooh, um, I actually think the king is like one of those guys that, he starts the trip with one of those like pina colada giant tube things. Mm. It's like the big ass frozen drink in, in like the commemorative plastic cup thing. But then he's just like smashing shots of tequila in the hotel room. I think you're right. Yeah. And it might even like you could dial up some absinthe. Like I could see the king getting really out of hand. Oh, the king's a late nighter for sure. But yeah, no, the, the day drinks are a bit more fruity and foo-foo-y. And then as the night goes on, it just devolves into shots of tequila. And then eventually the absinthe comes out. I've got three lineups in this. Do you want to hear lineup one, two, or three? Um, one of them that doesn't involve the uh, the similarities we talked about with my lineup, just okay. so we can talk about more guys. All right, I'm gonna throw that one at you also, but it'll just be like a rapid fire. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah. It'll, it'll be the. 
don't know, you don't have dessert after a sandwich. It'll be a, like a couple of potato chips. Yeah. The crumbs of the, the cr- chips. The crumbs of the chips. Okay, then you're going to get this one, which you're going to... It's just so predictable. That's all right. All right, that's fine. (laughs) Hey, love some predictability. Um, All right, I'll start this bad boy out. My quarterback, Justin Herbert, $7,600. Killer matchup against the Raiders. Um, Super revenge spot. Super revenge spot. One of the most potent offenses in the NFL, in my opinion. A guy that I drafted a couple times in the in regular fantasy, a guy that I'm going to really be depending on balling week in week out, and I think is gonna. Justin Herbert's here to stay, folks. Dude, the real fucking deal. Yeah, you got to assume that they're going to come out and just want to completely put it on the Raiders after the Raiders knocked them out of the playoffs week 18 last year. Like, game that the it seemed like the Raiders were even like. Playing to tie? The Raiders were ready for that tie, and then the Chargers took a timeout. They called the timeout and then gave up like an eight-yard rush on the most predictable play call in the history of football. I think the game was bizarre. Oh, it was so weird. It was so fucking weird. But, yeah, the Chargers literally just played themselves out of the playoffs in that moment for sure. This is the the challenge with – this is going to be the challenge with betting the Chargers all year long because they're, like, immensely talented. But uh, what's what's their coach's name? Brandon Staley? Yar. They play so aggressive and so risky that, I mean, I could see them blowing a 17 to nothing lead just because they keep going forward on fourth down from their own 30 because that's what, like, the analytics say to do where there's some muffed squib punt out of the back of their own end zone for a safety that ends up causing you to not cover by a point. I'm going to be horrified to bet the Chargers all year long. Sounds like it, man. You sound like you've been, uh, you're really struggling. With that. I would rather hang out with the king. Well, yeah, I'd, dude, that's a no-brainer, though. That's a, that's a fun hang. Yeah, I love I love the price tag. I mean, seventy six hundred is the second most expensive quarterback in DraftKings behind Mahomes at seventy seven. But this was a week that I was looking at some of the value quarterbacks I would consider taking instead, and I just wasn't loving any of their matchups as much. Whereas the top two being Mahomes and Herbert. I just love their matchup so much. So I'm like, this is a week where I wanted to, I, I actually originally invested in Mahomes and changed it to Herbert to get $100 back to get a get different guy that I plugged into this lineup instead. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, love love the matchup. This is a week that felt like a good one to spend on quarterback. I look forward to weeks where I spend much less on my quarterback. What you got for quarterbacks? So mine is interesting. I, I basically stacked two games. All right? And it's... You're not going to be the remotely surprised with the angle that I took here. But um, I usually, usually prefer to take a different approach. And I prefer to look for a low-value quarterback. Just because I think that if you're playing a large-scale GPP like this with hundreds of thousands of entries, I prefer to load up on studs at other positions and just hope that my quarterback has a good day. Because there's a much higher likelihood of a low-value quarterback having a big day than a low-value running back. Because low-value running backs are that because they don't play. Agreed. You know? So, in... uh, Yeah, at least when you save two grand by getting Kirk Cousins... He's on the field. He's on the field all four quarters. Right. Yeah. So, uh, to nobody's surprise, give me a $5,000 Daniel Jones. Danny Dines. So predictable. Wildly predictable. 
if you're excited about the new, if you're excited about all the coaching and upper management changes that the team has had, they are all basically guys that were put in place there with the hopes of turning Daniel Jones into a decent quarterback, right? And if he doesn't, then he doesn't get draft one next year. But uh, I think $5,000, it gives you a lot of abilities to stack. It gives you a lot of abilities to build further down your lineup. And, I mean, you said it yourself that I don't really know that I think this Tennessee team is, is very talented, especially on the uh, defensive side of the ball, especially at linebacker, which is going to play into how I, how I build this game. Love that. I like the G-Men for an outright week one upset over the Titans. God, I wanted to I wanted to talk about that so much, but then all I could remember is how everybody was saying that last year. Everybody was like, they're like a big trendy underdog against the Broncos in week one. They just got throttled. Oof. Yeah, well, the difference is that Broncos team was good. This Titans team is not. It wasn't that good. It was a lot better than I think this Titans team is. It was better than I think the Titans team. But anyway, yeah, that's fair of you. Didn't, that's a that's a poison pill you swallowed last year that you didn't really yeah. feel like starting the season out with this year. We'll see. I want to I want to see the Giants play a couple of games before I I decide what's going on there. That's smart of you. That's very smart indeed, my friend. Uh, moving into my first running back, I took Brees Hall for fifty five hundred. Okay. Um, this was a combination of the fact that Joe Flacco is now starting for the Jets for God, a while. Yes. So if they're going to have any type of production, it needs to come on the ground. They need the running game to work for them. And I've read good things about the way the organization feels about Brees Hall. I watched him climb on draft boards. I feel like this is a fun time to get in cheap in terms of uh, DraftKings dollars because if he has a good week or two, that 5,500 turns into 6,500 in a hurry. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for a nice low-end RB price tag on Brees at 5,500. There's a lot of guys that I, I feel that way about. A lot of guys that have price tags that I'm, I'm confused about how low they are, right? Like, I mean, I'm incredibly confused that Christian McCaffrey is only $8,500, right? I mean, if he has a good week this week, he's, he's 11000 in three weeks if he starts off hot, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can see a game script where Joe Flacco just has to dump the ball off to Brees Hall over and over and over again. Only drawback, I guess, is that Michael Carter is a good receiving running back as well. But what was it, 5,500? 5,500. That's, that's palatable. That's what I felt. I'm just going to throw my, my two running backs at you right now Ooh. because it's one conversation. Double dip me. <sighs> my D2 is really coming in handy today. So... After my Daniel Jones, we're, we're just continuing to stack this game with Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry. Uh, I feel like Saquon... Listen, first of all, these are two of very few running backs in the NFL that have nobody else that's going to take touches away from them. Saquon and who else? I'm sorry, I missed Derrick Henry. Ah, yeah. All right. So if the Giants' offense is productive, right? If they score points. Yes. <laughs> which they might not, which just puts this down the drain in a, in a hurry. Of course. But if it is an offense that is productive and does score points, this is going to be a bill that's going to be a lineup that like not a lot of other people have, which is part of the goal when you do this, right? 100%. Saquon is clearly going to have a role. I mean, he should pile up seven, eight catches. He should be productive running the ball. I talked about my concerns about the Titans linebackers. And if you're looking for a bring back, right, if you're looking for a guy on the other team in one matchup, it, I feel like usually you do this with wide receiver, but Tennessee is one of those teams where even if they're losing, their best path, their best path to a comeback is through the running back. 
it, uh, there aren't a lot of teams in the NFL that you, you see go down by 10 points and you're like, well, they have to keep giving the ball to the running back. Yeah, but that's, have, this, is, this is the one that does that. Yeah, right? they have to continue to feed Derrick Henry, yes. So I think that Henry's a, a, a logical bring back if you're doing that, if you're going to stack that Titans game. I'm excited to have some Derrick Henry stack in our co-managed team yeah, this yeah, year. Same. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're up, Dees. One more running back. One more running back. Uh, I have Damian Pierce here as my other running back. Hmm. Took Damian Pierce here. Um, Houston is in as murky, confusing situation as a team can be in in terms of their positional players and who's going to have impact and who's going to be successful. And quite frankly, someone has to run the fucking ball in Houston. There is some murk. There's a lot of murk. And uh, for 4800 it feels like a little lottery ball. You're just kind of like, I'm throwing it in the in the mix here. And yeah, and if Damian Pierce is trash, then yes, this whole thing, this whole $5 entry I made probably goes down the toilet pretty quick. It seems like they're very committed to getting him the ball. I mean, That's how I feel. I, I was stunned when they just, they just flat out caught Marlon Mack. I, mean, I, I didn't see that coming. No, I was pretty surprised by that one as well. But yeah, it feels like Damian Pierce is being lined up and given the faith by an organization that is obviously in the dead grasps of their rebuild. So why not take a flyer on the young man and find out if he's got the juice? Sure. Forty eight hundred, and uh, with with that forty eight hundred on him and fifty five hundred on Brees and um, Brees Hall, I was in tremendous spots to invest in most of my other positions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a couple cheap running backs that I like that have the potential to do things at a low price tag, and I got them. So that, this, we're in the cheap phase in my build, but there it is. Damian Pierce. I like to say his name like Damian, like it's like a Y. It, it, it sounds like you're talking to someone whose name is Jan. Like, damn, Jan. <laughs> damn, Jan. What you doing, man? Why are you betting the Jets? Damn, Jan. Damn, Jan. That's a terrible idea. Don't bet the Jets. Um, all right. I've got a mini stack. Hit me with the You're mini two more. stack. Two more. Oh, I like that Nick's giving them to me in two first. Two more coming at you rapid fire. I've got a, a, a mini stack. This is going to be unique, too, I think, right? But I, I mini stacked the Colts-Texans game. It, the two games between the Colts and the Texans last year, the Colts absolutely obliterated them in both games um so i stacked two uh, two wide receivers brandon cooks and michael Pittman. the curious thing about this is that brandon cooks was 800 dollars more than michael Pittman. that's so weird i was completely taken back by this brandon cooks 6300 michael Pittman 5500 i don't think i gave you values on the running backs did i skip that i think you did i don't think i did that's fine no, I, I meant I think you did skip them. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I answered your question in a weird way. I, actually, I technically answered the correct question. Well, the problem is that I gave you two questions. That's true. Wait. I answered the second question. Derek Henry, 8,600. Saquon Barkley, 6,100. So I think that's really good value for... Well, I think it's really good value for both of them. But 61 for Barkley is particularly good value. As is 55 for Pittman. 55 for Pittman is my favorite price tag of the day making this DFS. Yeah, it's, I don't understand that at Spoilers, all. Spoilers, I too took Pittman. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, there's... 5,500. There's some guys ahead of him. I don't understand why... He's being drafted as an early wide receiver, too, to lead-end wide receiver one. That's way too low of a price tag for him. Why is he less money 
some of these guys, why is he $1,000 less than Terry McLaurin? That doesn't make any sense. Why is he $200 less than Darnell Mooney? Why is he $100 less than Robert Woods? Why is he $100 less than Jamison Williams, who is, has a torn ACL? Yeah, Jamison Williams is not going to be very productive with a torn ACL. <laughs> it's just really going to be I don't a, think he's going to play football very well. It's bizarre. Um... Yeah, anyway, two games last year, the uh, the Colts beat the Texans 31-0. to <laughs> And they also beat the Texans 31-3. to Ooh. So. 62-3 uh, to across two total 62 matchups? 62-3. to three. That's brutal, man. That is brutal. Ooh. But the Colts, I mean, not that this is going to completely repeat itself, but I don't think Indy has any hard time scoring, and I do think that if Indy does have a hard time scoring, I think that Brandon Cooks is your your comeback in that game. He's the guy that should just get peppered with targets in a, a comeback effort for the Texans. Sure. Mini-stack. Cooks-Pittman. Cooks-Pittman mini-stack. Well, as I mentioned, I, too, have Pittman. That's one of my two receivers here. So my other receiver in the equation, and this is actually the one that I went from – 7,700 for for Mahomes to 7,600 for Herbert so I could get this receiver. I originally had Terry McLaurin at 6,500, who I actually like him at that price tag. I just don't like him that much. <laughs> like, compared... All right, if I'm talking... Draft, if I was talking draft <laughs> position in a snake draft, I don't like where McLaurin goes that much. But if I'm talking... No, I agree with you. 6,500... I'm sorry. Yeah, 6,500 for Terry McLaurin... I liked that a lot more. So anyway, Mike Williams, $100 less than McLaurin. So that was worth the the Mahomes to Herbert transition because I think Mike Williams is a wide receiver one this year. Flat out. Like probably top 10. I'm super, super big. I'm bullishly high on Mike Williams will be a top 10 receiver this year. He was on the path to being a top six or seven receiver last year and got quiet at the back end of the season, and I don't think that happens again this year. I think the team finds a way to be more consistently getting Mike Williams the ball throughout the whole year like they did the first chunk of the year last year. He's definitely the guy that, I mean, he's such a deep thread, right? Like, he's the guy that's going to put up huge GPP number kind of games, right? He's yeah. the guy that, out of, well, not out of nowhere, but he's the guy that's going to put up 170 and two touchdowns. You yes. know what I mean? For sure. Not everybody has that upside. Correct. Agreed. And yes, that there will still be a couple weeks this season where Mike Williams goes quiet because that's the th- that's the flip side to guys like this. With with that level of explosion comes the inherent risk of the quiet week occasionally because it just happens. Every elite level deep threat guy like this gets shut down sometimes, or the game plan just goes a different direction, and the ball doesn't come their way that often. Those things happen. But I expect Mike Williams to have a more consistent run this season than he did back into last year. And starting with a really hot matchup against the Raiders. Uh, that rounds out my receivers. Hit me with your tight end. I've got one more receiver. I only, I only, I double dipped you, but I only gave you two of my three. Oh yeah, there is three wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> my third wide receiver <clears throat> is MVS. Oh, the scantliest of all the Valdezes. The scantliest of all the Valdezes, especially in the Marquez subcategory of Valdezes and scantlings. 
Yeah, that came out weird. I like that too. Uh, I mean, it, it, it fits the same thing that we, we talked about with Mike Williams. 4,700. 4,700. Great deep threat. Huge arm on Patrick Mahomes. For a guy that might be Mahomes' <laughs> second receiver slash third weapon. This is probably the time to play Chiefs receivers in DFS. Yes. They're because all underpriced gonna, right yeah, now. Yeah, because no one knows which one it's going to be. Juju's a good price tag right mm-hmm. now. MVS is a good price tag right now. I didn't even scroll low enough to see, but I assume Nicole Hardman is a good price tag He's right 46. now. He's 46. He's just right, right below. Yeah, right that below. makes sense. Yeah, this is the time. Like, these first couple weeks, I definitely plan to ride with the Chiefs receiver in every daily I build, especially when they've got good matchups like against the Cardinals. Where I think I like I think that Cardinals game is another slugfest here. Whereas Mahomes versus yeah, Kyler, yeah. neither defense is very impressive. Tons of points to be had, and yeah, I I like MVS to to get at least ninety yards and a touch. We talked about this a little bit when I was I was going through my Jaguars football team. I'm just gonna call Washington something different every time I talk about them. I like that. When I was uh, discussing. My thought process on the Jaguars-Commanders game, I highlighted how they struggle against number one wide receivers on a team, so I threw Christian Kirk in this lineup. It's only $5,100. Prime target. Really, the alpha of all wide receivers on the team by far. Well, yeah, he's he's like the 10th highest paid wide receiver in the NFL now. I think he's even higher than that. I I was shooting low to be safe, but yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think I'm going to exclusively call them the commies from now on. I think I'm just going to stick with the Washington commies. I just really like just, solid. Yeah, like I, that feels like the right call for me. Just the commies are out here to play football again, and uh, they're going to do a pretty average job of it all season long. Is it just me or are the commies actually like the poster child for average NFL team? Like if I if I wanted to pick a just dead middle of the road team in the NFL in every way, I think I pick the Washington Commies. Yeah, they're up there. Like it's like them, the Vikings. The Vikings fit that. They are. They're kind of every year. You're like, what do you think about the uh, Commies? Yeah. You're like, I don't know. They're probably like a five hundred give or take every a game. Year. Yeah. 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 Nine yep. and eight. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, yep. That's like the Commies, the Vikings. Yeah, there's a handful of teams that fit this bill. But you're right, for like like nearly two decades. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you the last... I mean, I guess they were really bad. Wait, no, they weren't really bad when they drafted RG3. They traded a bunch of picks they for They traded RG3. a bunch of picks to get RG3. Yeah, I mean, they've had a couple of bad seasons, but yeah, like, more often than not, they're just riding that 500 Express. Well, and also going into the season. Like, every year going into the year, you're always like, eh. I don't think they suck, but they're not, like, good either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it's tried and true, the commies. It's pretty much what the Bengals were until they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, Burrow and Chase are going to break the generational mediocrity of the Bengals. All right. Uh, Those were our wide receiver threes. I think that I, I put you on to this, and that's fine. But I... I did this in in all three. <laughs> all three of the lineups I put together have this, so there's no way that we can be unique and not talk about having the same tight end. I didn't take that one in this. Oh. Not, so good. I've got a different tight end. So you use yours first, then I'll use mine. All right. Uh, I did take this one from him and build a, a different DFS that I'm not talking about here right now. Nice. But yes. 
$2,500, absolute bottom of the barrel tight end pressing. Isaiah Likely, rookie from the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, there's some serious potential that Isaiah Likely spends a decent part of this game lining up as the number two receiver on the team. There's also a decent chance that if Baltimore is demolishing the Jets the way that I think they will be, that he ends up playing tight end because Mark Andrews doesn't play the entire fourth quarter, maybe third quarter, depending on how quickly this game gets out of hand. Uh, Isaiah Likely, I mean, listen, this could be a zero. This could totally be a donut. But for $2,500, I'm getting a guy that has really carved out a role in the preseason. I mean, preseason game against the Cardinals, he had eight catches on eight targets for 100 yards and a score. For $2,500, if you get half that, you're incredibly happy. Yeah, and uh, one thing I'll say is if you're a guy that is getting a lot of preseason run, and you're trying to carve out a, a spot for you in terms of like play come regular season, a great way to do that is to not drop any of your targets. Right. Eight for eight, beautiful. If you're Harbaugh, you're looking at that guy comfortably. Like, okay, even if it doesn't pan out to, the, to that level of production, he's a guy I can trust to put on the field that if Lamar does look his way, will at least haul the ball in if it's thrown to him. And for a coach, that's a really nice security blanket feeling to have about a young player like that. Particularly one that, while being a tight end, has a lot of opportunity to produce without having to play tight end on a team that has Mark Andrews. Right? Yeah. Big time. Go at me. Tight end me. That's, uh, that's weird. Don't say that. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh <laughs> My tight end is my homer pick of the day on DFS. I went with my guy, Schmackinson, TJ oh, Hawkinson. T.A. Schmacks. Uh, you know, in my theory of Lions beating the Eagles this weekend, that requires them to succeed on offense to some degree, uh, which also means Jared Goff has to have some success, hypothetically. And I think when I... When, some hypothetical success. Some hypothetical success. And when I think of bad quarterbacks being successful, <laughs> I think of their tight ends being successful. Is that like, if, like he just like thinks about throwing some good passes. Yeah, it's hypothetical. hypothetically. Yeah. I, hypothetically, I would like to throw a touchdown. Yeah, I'm like he's sitting there in the pregame meeting and he's having just like hypothetical touchdown to TJ after hypothetical touchdown to TJ, and uh, I'm just hoping one of those translates from his imagination onto the field. Forty nine hundred dollars for Schmackenschmann. Schmackenschmann, indeed, TJ. Uh, Eagles, Eagles were the worst team against tight ends last year. I like that. Allowed them, well, they allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends. Nice. Like that. Uh, I think TJ Hawkinson didn't live up to the sleeper potential that people thought he had last year. And this feel, it feels like it was like maybe that year too early thing. Where I, th- I think TJ has the potential to be top 10-ish at the tight end position this year in fantasy. Top 8, top 10. Schmackenschmann's another guy that I've never had on a fantasy team. Eh, it's only been a couple of years. Fair enough. But, yeah, I like Tej. I like his glorious mane of hair. I like, uh, I like that he's a big guy. I'm, uh, I'm hoping he finds... I'm ho- it's from I'm, Iowa. I'm hoping for, like, 50 yards and a touch this, this weekend. TJ, TJ likes sandwiches, I can tell you that much. Oh, man, TJ fucking likes some sandwiches, for sure. So the beauty of this, this 2,500 Isaiah Likely, along with something else I did that we haven't gotten to yet, is that it gives me the ability to put Christian McCaffrey in my flex. So, Hell of a flex. I mean, I guess the the five five G quarterback does that as well. But so now I'm looking at three running backs and Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey. 
8500 bucks. I just teased this 10 minutes ago, but, I mean, if McCaffrey gets off to a good start, he's an $11,000 yeah. DFS running back. And if he ever gets up there, he's never going to be in a lineup of mine, ever. <laughs> right, at that price point, never. But yeah. at this price, this is the price point where if you want to flirt with him early in the season, this is the time to do it. But for a guy that's immensely healthy, we, we also noted how he could just get peppered by Baker Mayfield passes all day long. I, I like the fact that I found some discounts that allowed me to squeeze him in at the flex position. Fantastic. Yeah, and that, that is always nice when you've got a couple of uh, – when you've made a few cheap plays early and then you get to the flex and you're like, oh, I got money to spend. Yeah. And it can be on anything. It's a nice feeling. Uh, my flex actually also on the reasonably expensive running back side, but this one – how is Najee Harris $6,400? I don't know. I don't understand that either. What the fuck? Either. How yeah. does this make any sense? I was like, I have to buy. I have to spend that. Like, that's that's must roster to me. He's a true RB1 by every definition of the term. He's the bell cow running back for a team that's been running bell cow running backs for 20 years and will continue to do so. Caught the most passes at Mike, the running back position Mike last Tomlin year. Mike Tomlin loves finding one running back and playing the holy piss out of him. And he's got a really fucking good one right now, Najee Harris. So uh, this is, I'm a guy that I think I literally have Najee Harris in three of the four leagues I'm in right now. Nice. And also playing him in DFS this week because I'm just – I'm all green lights, all go on Najee. Uh, get your stock in while you can because this guy's price tag is going to be at least $2,000 higher than this two weeks from now. So this is, this is my time. Week one, Najee, 6400 done and done. Insane pass catcher, great rusher, going to get insane touches between those two categories. And I think they're going to translate to some sweet, sweet uh, points for us. Sweet, sweet points. Yeah, Yeah. right here for your boy. (laughs) Tasty waves. Tasty waves. Yummers. I... I had to do this, and it wasn't even necessarily by design. It just worked out that doing this gave me the ability to put McCaffrey in the flex, but I took the cheapest defense on the board, which happens to be your upset pick, Detroit Lions. Ooh, baby. $2,000. Yeah. Uh, defense, I'm usually going to go cheap on defense. Sometimes I can find a way to put together a team that I like where I have more money than I expect, and then I'll pay up a little bit for a defense, but it's rare. I think that more often than not on this show, you're going to hear me throw out an inexpensive defense, but it... it it plays to my quarterback angle, right? Where I think that, you know, defensive fantasy scoring is so unpredictable. You're just looking for a big play. And I think Jalen Hurts can make some mistakes and the Lions can make some big plays. I think that's very attainable. Badass. Honolulu Blue pick six coming up at Joe ass. And again, at $2,000, it's worth it to me. Love that pick, homie. Fucking restoring the roar out here. <laughs> Drinking that Kool-Aid. It's going to, that, that Kool-Aid that most years is poisonous. But uh, we'll find out if it is this year. We'll, we'll find it's out. Motor if oil. That, most, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, it's uh, windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> yeah. It's Honolulu blue. Solid. Yeah, it's like, nope, we think it's Kool-Aid. Oh, nope, it was wiper fluid. <laughs> We're dead now. But, nope, love that Lions pick for two Gs. Uh, I'm also with you in my philosophy that I also would typically spend less on a defense in DFS. But this week, this is another matchup we've talked about pretty thoroughly on this here podcast. I couldn't resist going Ravens for four Gs. I just, uh, 
yeah. the Joe Flacco of it all, the Jets' terribleness of <laughs> oh. it all. There's just so many factors that I was just like, I'll pony up a little more than I typically like to on a defense for one of the best defenses in the NFL, in my opinion, in the Ravens. That's going to be the title. Going against the, like, the dream matchup of the Jets with Flacco. It's going to be the title of Robert Sala's autobi- autobiography after he gets fired in week six. Oh, the Flacco of it all. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty accurate title. But yeah, that's my full DFS, man. I did it. That's the roster. Uh, I think it's a pretty good one. I feel pretty... I, I like this one quite a bit. I don't always like these a ton when I stare at them when I'm done. And this is one that I finished and was like, yeah, I like that schnooze. How do you feel about yours over there? Optimistic. I want to... Actually, do me a favor. Go ahead and, and just recap yours for me real quick. I shall. Justin Herbert for 7600 Brees Hall for 5500 Damian Pierce for 4800 Mike Williams for 6400 uh, $6, I wrote I have 65 written down, but I never changed it from Terry McLaurin 65. So yeah. Mike Williams for 64. Um, Pittman Jr. for 5500. MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling for 4700. TJ Hawkinson for 4900. Najee Harris for 6400 and the Ravens defense for 4000. Well done. Well done. I like what you got going on there. Uh, I'm putting together Danny Danny Dimes, baby. Daniel Jones, $5,000. Hopefully I don't keep doing this all year long, but I'm afraid that I might. Nick's going to play Daniel Jones at least two other times this season in DFS. Well, that's two other times. Isn't that bad? No, I know. That, I, was, I was going lowball for you, buddy. I was Let me rephrase. Out. I'm probably going to do it. How many times am I going to talk about doing it on the show? Ooh, good Hopefully question. not two more times. Yeah, hope, yeah, we won't go into Danny Dimes every week for you guys. We'll, good we'll, we'll spare you. This could happen. Unless he's just doing particularly terrible, in which case we're just going to make a segment for Nick's misery. Ugh. Danny Jones, $5,000. Derek Henry, 8600 Saquon Barkley, 6100 Brandon Cooks, 6300 The massively mispriced Michael Pittman at 5500 Christian Kirk, 5100 a lot of A lot of potential money hinging on my man Isaiah Likely at 2500 but that's fun. Christian McCaffrey, 8,500, and that nice big jug of windshield wiper fluid, the Detroit Lions, 2K. It really is the perfect metaphor for them. You think it's a delicious, refreshing-looking glass of Kool-Aid, and it's poison. <laughs> Can I quickly just share? I've got a Herbert Williams lineup as well. Can I yeah, share that with me. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run it down. Um, this one is, well, it's, it's, so it's Herbert Williams. It's also Henry and McCaffrey. And then I've got uh, Hunter Renfro as a bring back in that Chargers game. Kadarius Tony, $4,100 for Kadarius Tony. Again, Isaiah Likely, $2,500. Nico Collins, $4,200. Second year receiver uh, out of Michigan for the Houston Texans. And the Lions defense again. Badass. What do you think? I, I've been toying with this, right? Would you do Kadarius Tony and Nico Collins? Kadarius Tony's 4100 or Wandale Robinson. Giants rookie is only 3000 Or I could do like Wandale and Kirk, Wandale and Juju. Do you think that's better than Kadarius and Collins? Um, I either like Kadarius and Collins or Wandale and Juju out of those options you just presented. Those are the two that I like the most com- comparatively. I'm going to let that marinate for a little bit. Let it marinate. We got until Sunday. Mm-hmm. Ayuk. 
You could do Wandale and Ayuk. Ooh, oh, that's got that's got a little that's got a little squeeze ability, a little juiciness. <laughs> Might be a little pulpy also, but you know, like that's fine. That's it. That's what we got. That wraps that, up. That does. Yeah, that's some DFS and some bets and uh, some player propage. Uh, real quick, might as well dabble. Uh, for survivor pick. Baltimore. I have the Easy. same one. Yeah, Easy. same here. Uh, you know, it's I came into it because this is actually my first year playing in a survivor, I, um, which I'm excited about. And I came into week one really hoping to pick not as prominently good of a team as Baltimore. So, you know, I want to try to save all the sweetest teams for the back end of the season. I don't worry about that. But this one that. is just such a no-brainer to me where I was like, all right, there's plenty of great teams I'll have left on my board through the rest of the season. Oh, and those of you unfamiliar with survivor pools, the way this works, mm. real quick rundown for you, is every week you pick one team to win their game. and No spread, just straight up. No spread, just straight up win a football game. And you can't use the same t- team same team twice throughout the season so as the season goes on suddenly around week 14 if you've taken the top 14 teams in the league you're suddenly having to pick between all the middle teams like the commies and whatnot and uh (laughs) you don't want to be in that spot so you do want to try to find mid-tier teams on good matchups and things like that throughout the season but this one yeah the ravens over the jets slam dunk don't Easy. even think twice about it. Yeah, long-term, survivor pool, you lose one time, you're out. You're right. done. That's it. That's it. Last man standing. Yeah. Last woman standing. Yeah. So there's not really any room to get cute. But yeah, I don't think... I know I know people that do this. I know people that... I, I've even seen this segment on, on... I've heard it on podcasts. I've seen it on TV. People will, will map out their entire season of who they want to take each week. Oh, that's foolish. But I don't... Like, what's the point of doing that? when you don't really have a very good grasp on what the NFL is going to be in week 11. I mean, how no. many things are different between now and then? I don't, I don't understand the point. At most, I'd feel comfortable mapping out three weeks. I take... And even that, like, I feel like by week three, I'm going to be like, I've changed my mind about what I thought my week three right. play was going to be. I don't even play games. I know that some people think there's value in trying to save good teams until you get deeper into it. I don't do that. I, I play whatever I think is the best team to pick each week, and I just hope that I survive. And then if all goes well... You stick around for a little bit, and more often than not, you'll find games or teams at the end of the year that you would not have thought were going to be good matchups that end up being good matchups. Sure. Sometimes it's just because we talked about this, just because a quarterback gets hurt, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Sometimes that's all it takes, you know? Indeed. In a a sport as injury-laden as the NFL. At a position as injury-laden as quarterback. Yep. You know? Big time, man. Big time. How terrible are the Saints without Jameis Winston? Like, I saw Ian Book play a game last year. It was a disaster. Disaster. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Don't mess around. Just take what you think is the safest pick. Let it ride. And speaking of mess around, you gave me either a D2 or a B2 earlier. I didn't get the other one from you. I didn't really give you, like, a good, well-thought-out one. But this is, this is one that... Uh, so, it's actually something that I, I never knew was a thing but bear with me one moment because i have to look this up i don't recall the name and i don't want to get it wrong that's okay he's doing some momentary research there and while we're also talking about mess around make sure to mess around and hit that five star rating on the podcast make sure to mess around and hit that follow and like and subscribe or whatever buttons 
bring you back to our feed over and over and over again. Tap, tap, tap the buttons. Tap those motherfucking buttons. Um, the past couple of weeks, we've been experimenting with different release days as we figured out what our release schedule going forward will be. And I think we are pretty locked in at this point to Manic Mondays. We will be releasing our silly, more absurd content on Mondays, which will feature wide varieties of things, ranging from drafting video game characters to build a fantasy football team to grabbing silly questions out of a hat that we've written for each other that are at best vaguely related to sports <laughs> um, and just ranting and raving about such things as who you'd rather party with, Shaq or Gronk, um, filling out a bowling team of professional athletes from every major sport. Um, all sorts hypothetical of, things involving mascots. Yeah, some weird shit involving mascots for sure. It gets out there. Yeah, we, we get pretty out there with our silly grab bag of questions. Uh, sat grab, actually, I'm sorry. The silly sat grab. Uh, all sorts of silly content like that will be dropping on Mondays, us having our peak fun. Tuesdays, we're going to react to the weekend's shenanigans, the Sunday and Monday night shenanigans. And Fridays, you'll get to hear these recordings that we do early in the day on Friday and then chop up real quick and release for you the people as we want to give you our weekend picks. So I believe Monday, Tuesday, Friday going forward will be your D2B2 release schedule. So make sure to check those episodes out. I hope you've been enjoying the content so far. And Nick, did you uh, did I filibuster long enough for you to Google what you were Googling? Way more than what was necessary. And I, nice. I would have been right, but I, I don't want to not give this person their, their credit by botching their name. Uh, B2 of the week is going to be badass bitch. Badass bitch. Uh, that, so badass is hyphenated here for one word. 1931. A woman named Jackie Mitchell was part of a baseball school affiliated with uh, the Chattanooga Lookouts. Oh, I like a, that. I like that name a lot. The Lookouts. Double A minor league baseball team. 17 years old. Jackie Mitchell participated in an exhibition game against the New York Yankees. 17-year-old female woman, Jackie Mitchell, struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in an exhibition game. Motherfuck yeah, badass bitch. Yeah. I like that. And that also qualifies as Nick's old-ass baseball stat of the day, a twofer. Yeah, twofers, simple. Your boy loves a twofer. Got a D2 for me while you're at it? Yeah, double, double, double dip. I just double dipped the B2 and the uh, baseball oh, stat of the day. Fuck yeah. Double dip was a double dip of D2s for the day for both <laughs> of us. I like that too. And uh, thank you all so much for listening along. Make sure to keep your ears peeled for the next episodes going forward. The next episode you're going to hear from us, in fact, will be our video game draft on Monday. We'll also be the only time you hear Nick and I do a two-person draft. This is one deeper from the vault. that We did this draft several months ago. While we were still kind of really experimenting with form and kind of figuring out exactly what all this was going to become. But uh, it's a, it was a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of really funny shit that happens in that video game draft. I think there's some really surprising video game characters selected to build a football team. The draft shows have gotten fun. Yeah. They've really evolved to we're, a good place. We're evolving and we're doing a really fun one Sunday that we'll tell you more about because that won't release for a few weeks. But uh, these, these drafts going forward will have 
a full foursome with uh, all four mics in use and four people doing these drafts. A full foursome. A full foursome. But for this one and this one only, you get just Nick and I doing a head-to-head snake draft. Cutting it up about video game characters being converted to football players. These drafts so tune are all, in on Monday for that. The drafts are all a riot. They're all football based, right? So yes. they're all along the foundation of building a football team involving all kinds of different things, whether it be athletes from different sports, video game characters, movie characters. It really gets out of hand. Oh yeah, we've got a lot of superheroes. Great, we have a long list of them that will be coming at you over the coming months. Uh, we we plan to drop basically one of those a month ish. We don't want to we don't want to overdo the formula. We don't want want it to get stale on you. So probably about once a month you'll hear us do one of these drafts. Stale like the bread on that sandwich you built earlier. What? Oh shit, son! How dare you? My bread <laughs> is fluffy and moist and delicious. It's multigrain. Whew, fucking. This guy with the burns on the way out just giving me unrelenting insults as we try to close the show out. Five stars. Like that shit. Follow that shit. Do it. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Stay classy. Planet Earth. checking out D2B2 Sports. Make sure to check out some of the other fun stuff we're doing here at Good Fun Media. We have After the Laugh Track, our sitcom fandom podcast, diving deep into those wildly bingeable shows that we all know and love. And our Morons of the Multiverse MCU fandom podcast, diving more into a bunch of specific aspects of the universe as a whole that we love the most, ranging from the weird side characters, music, gear, and all those fun things. Thanks for listening. See ya.